I's Dirty Secret, or How to Spend Half a Million Dollars of Supercomputing. Episode 8. Tick-Tock. Days after announcing Daniel as the fourth winner of the see-through carbon competition, and with the deadline for processing counting down in days, Robert, Renuka and Tom get one piece of bad news and then another. First, Laura says she won't be able to get her data ready in time for April the 10th. In the midst of a dot-com funding crisis, Laura's team just can't spare the resources to prepare their data for this unexpected deadline. Perfectly understandable. Robert, Renuka and Tom wish Laura all the best in keeping her business afloat. They say if they manage to make the competition permanent, her application is pre-approved for any future prize fund. Then Samuel calls from Johannesburg. He'll have to pull out too. He and his team face an academic version of the same problem facing Laura's business. Transformative though the prospect of free supercomputing was, and helpful though the Yellow Dog team has been, Samuel has had to admit defeat. With no additional resources, getting their data ready by April the 10th would be too much work in too short a time. Renuka's network, Tom's Yellow Dog onboarding team and Robert's website articles had done their best to help. But offering a free Ferrari has its drawbacks to people who've previously only aspired to a bicycle. You still need a driving instructor, roadmap and fuel. On his see-through news name card, Robert gave himself the title of Gift Horse Distributor. It was a semi-joke to highlight the fact that see-through news had no bank account and how some people only take things seriously if they involve money. The twin blows of Laura and Samuel pulling out brought the occupational hazards of the gift horse distribution business into sharp focus. Even gift horses need to be stabled, fed and groomed. Neither withdrawal is entirely unexpected. Both are completely understandable. What about the remaining projects? Will Johnson in Nigeria and Daniel in London, the last-minute winners, get their projects over the line in time? There's also the matter of using up the half-million dollars' worth of computing. Proving winners not only existed but could be found was already a considerable achievement, but it would be a shame for that prize fund to disappear unused when Yellow Dog's new financial year starts. Samuel and Laura's projects, despite their ambition, scale and pre-existing databases, would still not have taken much of a chunk from the half million dollars. Tom reckons they wouldn't have used up more than low tens of thousands of dollars worth. But they were now out of the picture. With days to go, the only remaining candidates were Johnson's, still collecting data, and Daniel's, absolutely humongous and only just approved. Robert checks in on Johnson in Calabar. Is there any realistic chance his data will be ready in time? No problem, replies Johnson. All in hand and on schedule. 
Robert tries to think of Johnson's project in terms more familiar to his own experience as a TV news producer. In 1997, as NBC Asia Shanghai Bureau Chief, he'd covered the handover of Hong Kong to China at midnight on July the 1st. Or, a year later, now CNN Beijing Bureau Producer, he'd coordinated coverage of Bill Clinton's official visit, the first by an American president since the first George Bush waved to TV cameras in Tiananmen Square in February 1989, weeks before the square was taken over by demonstrators. Both of these involved complex arrangements in unpredictable environments, with constantly moving goalposts but the hard deadline of a satellite booking window for live broadcasts. Not so different from Johnson's challenge. Johnson had to design a project, obtain permissions from multiple government departments, create a data-collecting app, recruit dozens of volunteer surveyors, get them to the most remote parts of rural Nigeria, compile and consolidate the data, and prepare it for processing. In two weeks. No problem. How about Daniel? His project had the opposite problem. While Johnson was scrambling to collect enough data ingredients from remote Nigerian villages, Daniel was calling in favours all over University College London to prepare his huge warehouse of data in time to squeeze through the cloud computing sausage machine. Daniel was in daily contact with Tom's Yellow Dog team, who had taken on the task with gusto. This was the kind of test engineers relish a last-minute, epic technical challenge that would stretch their technology to its limits. Deadlines are two-faced beasts that can both destroy and create. The April 10th deadline killed Samuels and Laura's computes, but stimulated Johnson and Daniel's projects into life, one from nothing, the other from a deep sleep. Days pass. There's nothing Robert and Renuka can do to help at this stage, so they stop asking how things are going. They can only distract Johnson and Daniel from their impending deadlines, looming larger with every hour. On Sunday, May the 7th, nearly a month after the deadline, Robert hits publish on see-through news newsletter issue number 105. It contains a sneak peek of a documentary project about Britain's greatest living woodsman and a new episode of a podcast about a sumo crisis in 1993 Japan, both of which, being see-through news projects, were different starting points to the destination of measurably reducing carbon. Also, a more obvious starting point, an article called The See-Through Carbon Competition Pilot Review. It reveals what happened. In episode 9, Did It Work?, we find out if Johnson and Daniel got their projects over the line in time. AI's Dirty Secret, or How to Spend Half a Million Dollars of Supercomputing, was narrated by George Hinchliffe, who also wrote the music. It was written, produced and mixed by Robert Stern. The See-Through News podcast is a See-Through News production. 
C3 News is a zero-budget social media network with the goal of speeding up carbon drawdown by helping the inactive become active. For more, visit seethroughnews.org. Thank you for listening.